What's up, everyone? Welcome to the only podcast produced by three two-time winners of IMSA Spirit of the Race Award. You're tuned into the Check Engine Podcast. We're hosted on Anchor.fm and streamed worldwide on all the favorite platforms that you use to listen to podcasts. My name is Nick. Joining me, as usual, are my two friends and co-hosts, Andrew and Tristan. Guys, it feels like it's been years since we've actually gotten together to do Oh, quote unquote, regular CEP episode. How you guys been? Oh, busy, busy as <laughs> as we all are. But I, I am just at the very end of my uh, possible limit for work, and I'm so glad it's almost the weekend. Yeah, we're halfway over halfway through the week now. Um, <clears throat> we yeah, we posted on social that this life stuff was happening. So apologies for not putting anything uh, out for you guys to listen to last week, but um, that just gives you an extra week to listen to our DWR interview. So that's not, that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, yeah, Tristan, what's going or... on in your end? Oh, what's that interest? Sorry. Either that, or they all just switched over to listening to DWR. And now we have no listeners, but we'll find out. Which, yeah. I say, well, we, we, we won't know until we understand. put something out. Um, but, uh, no, I've been, you know, fairly busy with work stuff. Also, uh, you know, some some personal stuff, not uh not not podcast inappropriate, just not uh not of interest probably to most of you folks, but uh busy, stressed out, happy to get back to podcasting cuz that is unstressful. It this helps. does this does feel good. It feels nice to do this again. Um yeah, same here, man. It's been busy with with work stuff um just like i can't get into details on some of the projects that i'm working on right now but like they're like oh yeah nick can do that oh yeah nick can do that too oh yeah let's let nick lead that i'm like okay i appreciate your confidence in me (laughs) but but let's let's slow down a little bit i got a lot what's your what you're telling me, Nick, is that I may have uh, misrepresented the level of your marketable skills last time. <laughs> Vastly. <laughs> That's a quality callback. That is a quality callback. Well done, Tristan. Exploitable skills. Sorry, not marketable. Yes, they, yeah, they yeah, exploit- yeah, right. Exploitable skills. Right, exploitable right. skills. So apparently um, my my company thinks I have a lot of those and they're attempting to to do that as we speak. So, um, yeah, it's great to be back. It's great to be talking about stuff again. Andrew, what are we talking about today? Oh, this, that, and a third. I mean, um, I have not had time to be a productive member of this podcast. So what happens when that happens is an open episode. (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is our uh, phone in we don't have a specific topic or an idea so we're just gonna talk about random shit for an hour (laughs) which to be fair that 
that that is kind of the the way this whole idea started. When when we said we wanted to be a podcast, we're like, oh, we better come up with topics. But we just talked about stuff that occurred to us at the track on the car to and from in the car to and from the track. Not on the car, luckily in most cases. Just um, <laughs> but <laughs> but so it's 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 us in our true form. How about that? Yeah, yes. that's a good point. That is a perfect way to put it. Um, so normally in these episodes, because we're talking about anything and everything, anyhow, we uh, skip pace laps. So let's just jump right into it. Who's got a topic to bring to the table to kick us off? Uh, I, I've got I've got heat to bring us into the episode. Uh oh. Uh, yes, I want to partake of this. <laughs> you want to partake of this. Um, as I expected that it would be. Now, we, we did see some increased interaction uh, after our podcast with Darren with Racers, which is fantastic. Thank you uh, to all the fans who hopefully are still listening. All I know is uh, in terms of Twitter, one person reached out to us. They said they listened. So that's one additional listen. And that truly for us or for me personally was the end goal Ha ha, one of you listened. But, but yes. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Joke's on you. But, mission accomplished. <laughs> exactly. But um, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, the, the thing that really annoyed me about the tweet, the only thing that annoyed me about the tweet was, an, was a reaction that I completely expected because it was the exact reaction I got during the interview. And I knew his reaction I was going to get too. So when I asked Sean and Ryan, I guess, but Sean at the time, specifically about the impact that old Top Gear had on their show, he freaked out. Maybe that's an exit. Maybe that's an overstatement. Maybe he didn't freak out. He, he was really pushed. He, he said that he was confused and then heavily pushed back on the concept that old Top Gear would have had anything possible to do with dinner with racers. How could it ever have had anything to do with it? And I think that's interesting. I think that's a reasonable perspective to take. He would know. He's the creator of the show. He has to be correct. But I happen to have a different opinion on the matter. So in full transparency... Before we interviewed them, before we interviewed uh, Sean and Eversley, I had never listened to or watched a single thing that they had done. I've seen the trailers. I listened to snippets, but I'd never watched a full episode. Immediately after the podcast, I went and watched their Amazon show. And maybe, just possibly, I think that Sean's reaction might have been a little bit strong. And here's what I mean. I think it's important for everyone to understand right off the bat that any show that gets compared to Top Gear is not an insult. It is absolutely ridiculous to act like comparing another car show to old Top Gear is a bad thing. Because I don't think any of us said it was. No, but his reaction portrayed that it was somehow in ridiculous or insane that that would be a comparison. And then right away he said, well, if we had their budget. But that's to the side. What I'm trying to say is that there's nothing, there's nothing negative about saying, about making a comparison to old Top Gear. 
That is the gold standard of car shows. In my opinion, and I could be way off, way off about this, way off in left field, but I don't think that there is a DWR show on Amazon Prime without the Grand Tour. Because that's not the kind of content that platform holds, with two notable exceptions. Number one, the Grand Tour. Number two, Dinner with Razors. You got it. The other thing that really stuck out to me. So watching so the, you're saying what, sorry, Andrew, to just so you're saying that because of the Grand Tour's pull and the Grand Tour's popularity, Amazon decision makers decided to to um, run the dinner with racers content. I think there's a strong possibility because if you look at the way those shows were trending, the, the content providers they were going with at the time when dinner with racers would have been signing this deal and producing the actual content, almost all of the car shows, they weren't going to Amazon prime. They were going to Netflix. Netflix put out, seven or eight different brand new car shows of all different stripes, primarily focused on like the, you know, old speed channel style content, but they, they kind of um, broadened their, broadened their horizons mm-hmm. with a singular exception of specifically formula one documentaries, which kind of ended up in both places. Netflix had the car content. Amazon has one notable car show. In fact, they have one and a half in that they have the old episodes of top gear and they have the grand tour. So what I'm saying is it may come down to something as simple as Amazon now, because of the Grand Tour, is more intimately familiar with what it takes to make a show like this, which is a narrative-driven car show, profitable and successful. That may be the only connection. But either way, that's still a connection that needs, in my opinion, to be recognized. There just is not content like that on DSPs outside of Amazon Prime. I feel like there's a reason. It's not, it, it's not happenstance is what I'm saying. It didn't happen by accident. Yeah, I would agree. It, I think it's at least a, it's at least a contributing factor. And I think you can be recognized on your own merits and still say, yes, we were influenced by somebody. It's something that the, that the rest of the creative universe has no problem with. Like you would have no hesitation asking a musician or a writer, you know, who were you inspired by? <laughs> like, you know, who did you draw inspiration and ideas and motivation from? And mm-hmm. that's that's not a that's not like a taboo question. You can just ask them. You can ask us. We want to be different, but I think we potentially wouldn't exist without something like top gear and in our universe that happens to be top gear. Oh, definitely. I, cause I would never have had interest in right. You're right. At this level in cars and car stories. If there wasn't that show producing content about cars in a way that was so far distance from traditional car journalism, that traditional car journalism became like top gear. There's in my view, there's no way to separate the two anymore. The, the way those three approached cars with the emotion and the heart and the relationship between person and car as the central concept is something that you only saw in in, yeah and uh, you only saw that in bits and pieces in the most recognized gonzo journalists essentially before top gear became mainstream 
they made that the thing to do. Why would it ever be bad to ask about any possible connection between new car media and Top Gear? I don't understand it. I, I think he was thinking along the lines of like, because his, his pushback was on like episode structure, right? Because it's like they have a formula, they do the same segments and th- those types of things where theirs don't necessarily do that. So I think that's where his pushback was. And he was thinking more along the lines of like, did you model the show after Top Gear? And I well, could... let me... It, let me, and let I me could, see, and I could see that because there's not a lot of, besides the fact that they are, there's narrative driven car content. There's not a lot, or at least in dinner with racers, it's racing content, but, um, the narrative driven content besides that, the, the structure of the episodes are different. So I could see, I, I could disagree. See I, I disagree because I, I should say I disagree in part. Because while they do, while they focus, obviously, on the interview portion, which is not something that Top Gear ever did. It was always the sideshow. So that's completely unique. If you take a DWR episode and put it in Final Cut Pro or whatever your editor of choice is and look at every single bit of interspersed footage, whether it's intro, scene setting, um, even some of the ways they, the way they film some of the interactions, the way they have these two hosts who kind of go out of their way to involve themselves in the culture, which is something Top Gear has done as well. Anyways, if you look at the formula of a DWR episode on a video editing timeline and replace the audio, you'd never know that the shots they aren't, that the shots they're using to set their show up aren't out of Top Gear. It's a panoramic drone. It's a close. It's a medium. It's a medium. It's a close-up action shot on, or, you know, close-up in the engine. Like, these things are a formula now for one reason, for because of one show. This is by no means a criticism. This is how you make a fantastic, amazing-looking, compelling car show. And another caveat here, it has to be remembered, they're working with the same production company as Grand Tour. So that could be the that could be the only common element, right? Different teams, different visions, they're still working for the same company. So whether it it's happenstance or whether it's because the DSP is the same, there is a common element, especially in the Jamaica episode. If you just replace the stuff in the middle, that is a Top Gear episode. That is a Grand Tour episode. That's it's very, very similar. At least in my opinion, allegedly in Minecraft, you know, whatever it is, if that's an, if that's offensive in some way, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think it's offensive. Um, that's what I see. I guess. And I don't know. I mean, Amazon is streaming it. I don't know. If, uh, like, I'm pretty sure Grand Tour has like full production team with their budget. I don't know how many guys they're sending with Ryan and Sean to do their show. I, I imagine it it's that doesn't particularly matter when the final product. Well, you just said they're working with the same production company. So, is it not on Amazon Prime? That's a streaming service. 
All right, man. Um, yeah. So, I'm just trying to say, like, I, I don't. All right, man. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're, yeah. Um, but here's the thing: when you when you sign with a company like that, you know that they help you make the show a reality, right? They they give you they they give you help with that, like to varying degrees, of course, but they they help. It's part of the, it's part of the deal. Uh, anyways. I guess all I wanted to say is, in my opinion, and again, just one guy, I don't know shit. I think that there are similarities. I think the products look visually similar. I think there are cues in common. I think there are tones in common. Uh, And I think that if you are running a car show of any kind and you're doing an episode like the Jamaica episode or or anything, in fact, that's narrative driven car, uh, car related, and you're not hitting the successful tones from Top Gear and Grand Tour, you're a fucking idiot. You would be so dumb to not use the formula that is so unbelievably effective in the way that it is. In my opinion, Dinner with Racers does a fantastic job. And if they want to claim that all of that is their own, they're probably right. They probably they probably invented the whole format. But in case they didn't, there might be some inspiration coming from another place. I think I know what that could be if there is any. Yeah. And it may be even something, Andrew, like you mentioned, like the way that old top gear and the grand tour be, they ended up influence, influencing, you know, current car media. It may be something that to be charitable, isn't even recognized by them. Like, no, we're just we're just doing we're just doing car journalism. You're doing car journalism the way it is now because of Top Gear. Yeah, because they set that standard. I agree 100 yeah, like percent with that. You know, like you can, it may be something where it's not direct and they don't know it, but well, I think that I mean, and and you can and you can still be right. They're they're is definitely they, smart enough to know to recognize the influence. And uh, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe like I said, I could be totally off in left field here. I'm just making shit up. And, and the two shows could not be more different. Um, but that's not what I see. So that's not uh, what I yeah. see either. I'm just thinking of different causes. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting topic. And Tristan, I think you hit the nail on your head when you said um, in certain media, and I definitely think that video is one of them, unless you are unless you are a certain type of movie director, right? Or a certain type of movie connoisseur, Talking about inspiration slash um, the 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 people who came before you your your uh, thematic ancestors looks makes you look kind of like an asshole. Like you just you look it's like what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? The inspirations of the shots in Dinner with Racers and like why they do things like no one cares. Just watch the TV show, and that definitely has a ton of merit to it. I'm not mad at that opinion either. Yeah, but yeah, I think it was a it was a point I don't think we got to spend enough time on. I didn't I didn't want to push it when I I expected that that would be the reaction. And when it was the reaction, I said, "Okay, I see how this is going to go. Let's just not. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, who's next? 
Hold on no one, one second. Uh, no, no, no. Hold on one second. I, Nick, you want to do your story? Well, do we need to stop? I mean, we can cut all this out. Obviously, no. now because we. I was, yeah, I was. I was trying to type that. I'm. I'm good now. That's like, no, you are good. Okay. Oh. So, so we didn't have to cut it out, but that's fine. Oh, I'm sorry. No, this is, this should all stay in. This is how the sausage is made. Watch, watch my sausage. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> episode um, title actually wait while we while we talk about while while we prepare for the next thing uh, just a, a little quick hitter here um have you guys seen the renders of the next gen uh 86 brz thingamabob no y- yes but i also then immediately don't remember them well that's because there's nothing to remember uh it it is a car um in the front, it has, I believe, two headlights. Um, and that is it. There is no discernible shape. There is no discernible characteristics. And, of course, these are just the um, uh, uh, auto uh, or yeah, road, road and track, uh, whoever whoever's doing these renders, right, based off of what they think they see under the camouflage. So I'm sure that the car does, in fact, have some shape to it. It's just these renders make it look like a... Uh, a slimmed down and completely neutral um, Supra. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. A little Supra-ish, a little uh, 370Z, <laughs> a little 350Z. Like it's just, it's just an car and it looks horrible in the renders. It's just very, yeah, it's just very bland. Makes you wonder they why they... Dre- Autocar tried to dress them. it up with the rims though. Autocar Ooh. put some wicked rims on. To try to dress these things up, to try to take your gaze away from the the stick of butter that are riding on, <laughs> riding on the ribs. Lightly melted stick of butter. <laughs> oh. yeah, not even. It's just it's still cold butter. <laughs> I don't know. I it's it it's bound to look better than these renders, but um, you know, sometimes they really nail it and sometimes they don't. And um this was this I think is well, I should say, I hope is going to end up being a did not nail simply because it's got to be better than that. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. We can, we'll put a picture of the rendering up and let the listeners uh, weigh in on it as well. Or you can just Google it, 2021 Toyota 86. Don't wait for us. Yeah. Um, but speaking of listeners... Um, about a month ago, a little bit more than a month ago, we had put out an episode telling, recounting our favoritest, bestest car-related stories. And um, we asked listeners to send us their best car stories so we could potentially read them here on the air. So I would like to read one that was sent in from our pal out on the West Coast, Sean Johnson. Um, he sent this into us via Facebook. And I'm going to read it verbatim. And he starts off by saying, novel incoming. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is the night he learned not to go off-roading with street tires. Oh, Okay. So uh, gather around, kids. Gather around, chitlins. Here we go. Sean Johnson. I was driving my little front-wheel drive 1.6-liter twin Turbski Ford Escape 
down some Turbsky. roads surrounding <laughs> <Turbsky. laughs> I love that's that the episode name. No, that's I love awesome. That. I want I wanted we're gonna use that now. We're stealing that, Sean. Yeah, no, it's um, mine. I invented it. Yep, completely. Um, no, you were not you were not influenced at all by Sean. Didn't draw any inspiration from him at all. How could I? Everything's one of one. <laughs> I need to shut up. Why is no one telling me to shut up? Andrew, shut up so I can Thank read you. the story. I'm just making it worse. <laughs> Trista, you shut up too. Sounds good. Shutting up, sir. I was driving my little front wheel drive 1.6 liter twin Turbski Ford Escape down some roads surrounded by groves on either side. It was around 10 at night and I never see any other cars down this road. So I figured it was an appropriate time for some, quote, spirited driving. The Escape has some pep, as y'all put it, and I love driving off road. So I thought, why not do a little right now? After all, I had a turbo. So why wouldn't I be indestructible? Just a little turn to the left and I can be driving on some dirt. So that's exactly what I did. Just a little steering input and I was over the yellow line, across the other lane, and on the opposing shoulder, loving life. Wonder why he just didn't go off the shoulder on his side of the road. But anyway, after around 75 feet, I decided that the trees on my left were getting a little close and it might be in my best interest to get back on the road. Steered back towards the road and my butt puckered when the car decided that we are going to keep going straight. Mm. Mm. I had mm. failed to realize about, I had mm. failed to <laughs> concerned moan. Mm. I had failed to realize the fact that it had been raining heavy for a few days prior and that dirt plus water equals slick ass mud. So I immediately lifted off the gas and started praying that the car would stop quickly. Thankfully, after about 50 feet of sliding, it came to a stop and I um, hadn't hit anything. So I cranked my wheels back towards the street, hit the gas and spun the tires. <laughs> I hopped out and started to assess the situation to see how to get myself back on the road. I knew that I needed more traction. So I turned off the car and started looking for branches, rocks, anything I could jam under the tires to grab traction, but couldn't see anything. So I went and turned the headlights on. After about 10 minutes of collecting, I came back to the car and tried one other trick. I remember that when I went jeeping for the first time, that they would air down the tires for more traction. So I thought, hmm, why not? And I tried it myself. When I, <laughs> when I got back in the car, I went to start it and heard nothing but clicks and dead battery noises. Ooh. So leaving the headlights on, <laughs> not so smart. <laughs> At this point, I knew I wasn't over my head and was getting concerned, so I decided to call in for some help. I called my roommate, Ian, who had a truck, but it just rang and rang and rang and eventually sent me to the voicemail. At this point, it's like 1030 at night, and I had to start going through my phone to try to get a hold of someone. I called my other roommate, Andy, and he answered the phone. I explained to him that I was stuck on the side of the road and needed Ian's truck to get unstuck, but he said that Ian was high as a kite, and so was he. (laughs) 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 I asked them that if... Um, I asked them that if I found someone to drive the truck, could they borrow it? They said that they could, if the two of them were allowed to also go. <laughs> oh God. All of this sounds totally reasonable to me so this far. This cannot go badly. <laughs> I called my old roommate, Sam from the year before to see if he could help. He said that he was, um, at our friend's place, just two streets over from my house. And when he would head over to get the truck, And the two roommates, along with a few tie-downs that I kept in my garage, I dropped them a pin on the Google Maps, and they showed up about 20 minutes later. At this point, my phone was dying. The car was dead. My tires were severely low on air. The 
car was stuck in the mud on the wrong side of the road, and we were quickly coming up on 11 at night. When they show up, Sam and I immediately start trying to get the car to move. The biggest issue at this point is that my car needed to be running in order to shift into neutral. After about 15 Ah. minutes of Googling, we find out that we can pop off a trim piece and reach down to manually shift the gears, which worked and looked like our luck was changing. Next step was to pull the car out and onto the road, but this had its own issues. The car was a good 20 feet off of the road, and we didn't want to get the truck stuck, so we needed to make some kind of recovery rope. We found that the cheap orange Harbor Freight tie-downs were just barely long enough to make it from the front hooks of the truck to the rear of my car. There were no recovery points in the rear of my car, so the only option was to tie off somewhere underneath. I didn't want to mess up my new shirt or socks, so I took them off to try (laughs) to keep them, but my shoes were destroyed, so I left those off as well. Now, half naked, I lay down in the mud under the car and hook about three ratchet straps to the lower control arm and shimmy back out. Sam gets in the truck and throws in reverse, but all the hooks pop off, and after a few tries, we decide it's not working. I remembered in the trunk of the car I had a tie-down point meant for securing cargo, not pulling a car, but it was about to find a new purpose. Andy and Ian are just sitting <laughs> this in is the your truck. job now. <laughs> <laughs> Andy and Ian his current roommates who are high as kites, remember, are just sitting in the truck and watching all this happen. (laughs) We move the hooks. Sam jumps in the truck and thank God it worked. I told him just to keep going and not stop until the car was on the pavement. The second the car touches the pavement, a pair of headlights pop up and we think, thank God someone can help us. When the car pulled closer, we we started freaking out because who else would it be but a cop? Yes. We (laughs) We told... We told Ian and Andy just to be quiet. <laughs> the first question inevitably is, what the hell are you doing? For reference, past 11 at night, four college students are standing around with a truck hooked to a car. One of them is wearing just jeans and a hat, and they have the entire road blocked. I explained to him that I had to dodge a rabbit and ended up across the road and got stuck in the mud. He either didn't care or didn't believe or believe this story and told us to get going. I told him I had a dead battery and two flat tires and ask if he could give me a jump. Uh, he said, and of course, and dro- <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he said, of course, the drove his car nose to nose with mine. I asked him to pop the hood and we realized something cops don't work on their cars. It never really crossed my mind, but it makes sense because at this point he didn't know how to open the hood of his car. We had to show the officer how to pop his hood. When we get the cables hooked up, a second sh- cop shows up and begins talking with Ian and Andy. Uh-oh. Ah! <laughs> I told Sam to just take them home, but they were adamant to stay until I was on the road. The last thing I needed was for them to get written up or arrested because they were helping me. Thankfully, they were pros, and the cops didn't really notice that they were fried. I eventually got them to head back to the house once my car was started, and I just had to fill up the tires. On my Harbor Freight shopping spree, I saw an air compressor that plugs into the cigarette lighter and thought, I gotta have it. I plug it in, turn it on, and started flaying my tires, which were down to 5 PSI in the front. The compressor started doing its thing, but after five minutes, they'd only gone up 2 PSIs, 2 PSI, and the cops were getting fed up. I decided just to risk the debeating and debeating the tires and limp it home. I thanked the cops and told them it wouldn't happen again, and we all went our separate ways. Still half naked and covered in mud, I start my slow 35 mile per hour drive of shame back to the house on flat tires. It took me 45 minutes to make it home, 
and it was well after midnight. I pull in, jump in the shower, and go to sleep. I learned a whole bunch that night about a multitude of different things that night that I won't forget. Moral of the story, go ahead and pick one. <laughs> if, I <can> find the, <laughs> if I can find the the short Snapchat from that night, I will send it your way for proof. Sean. That'd be amazing. If nothing else, that deserves some Check Engine podcast can coolies. The moral of the story is Turbski. Turbski. <laughs> I think I told him when he first sent that story, the moral of the story, don't ever shop at Harbor Freight. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I don't know if you know this, Nick, but they have turbos on rally cars. So checkmate, atheists. <laughs> Oh, one man. of that didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't oh, know where to man. go with that. But that uh, hey, story. that was a fantastic story. Thank you, Sean, for sending it in. We'll reach out and get some Check Engine podcast can coolies coming your way. Maybe send a couple extra to, for uh, your roommates that helped you out that night. Um, but thanks for sending it in, guys. We're still not done with that. If you have car stories, let us know. We'll read them. We'll send you some swag. Oh, that was great. That just was makes, awesome. Just makes me think of all the times I've gotten things stuck. But they all happened. They were all related to work. So that kind of like that makes them less fun because there was always heavier equipment. You know, <laughs> something else could always save you. Yeah. yeah like when, I, when I worked at the park, it was, yes, we get stuff stuck all the time, but there was always other stuff with which to get it unstuck. So that yeah, the, the adventure kind of disappears a little bit. <laughs> that was um, when we were at Nick, when we were at Road America on Sunday, when you were not there, um, it rained as it always does. Um, I heard it hail. Yeah, it did a little bit of hail. Luckily, I was under the trees for that one. But um, we decided to put ourselves down. There's that big bowl at the you know exit of turn six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Goes very very steeply downhill. <laughs> yeah, we we were in there. <laughs> so, oh no! <laughs> and, it, and it rained, and you know I have confidence in my all-wheel drive systems however (laughs) when when things are starting to wrap up and you see trucks with you know brain or off-road tires on them like going up this hill sideways with the wheels going 60 miles an hour and the truck going six um you start to have some concerns that they may have damaged your your runway there on their way out um, and are you are you going to get out? Uh, so talk about off roading on on road tires. <laughs> um, Been but, there, uh, go, <laughs> but go 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 X mode that that dug me out. But yeah, I did not have I did not have to have the high roommate and uh, a truck come get me. But just by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> oh, that's oh. good. Love car stories, man. Love them. Love them. Love them. Good times. So what's Tristan, next on the something? docket, guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about a very weird set of headlines that I read um, from, luckily, you know, from different sources, luckily enough. Um, but there were no more than, was it, two, two days apart 
there was a a headline um, that says uh, the for the Ford Bronco may be impossible to tune, and then oh, God. two days late two day, two days later. Ford working with the aftermarket to tune the 2021 Bronco. (laughs) That that has to stop. It must cease. I call, we need to start establishing a list of things that we're not going to do in 2021. 2020 has been a horrible year. We've just had time to do nothing but sit around and think about shit that we're not going to do anymore. That has to be one. No more. Cannot be tuned. Fuck you. Yes, it can. It can all be tuned. Yeah. People are apparently having trouble with the C8, but I think that's because they haven't let enough nerds try There's it. There's like um, twelve of them out on the market right now. That, yeah, yeah and they have yeah, yeah, right, and they have encrypted they have encrypted ECUs. Andrew, oh, very nice. You you're you're a tech guy. What does physical access mean? Right, exactly. <laughs> physical access means encryption is, is fundamentally useless. Right, that means I will figure this out eventually. Give me enough computing time, because that's so, that's the thing about it, right? I, I the, your your dad in my mind, Tristan, has this famous quote: uh, "Children have only one advantage over adults: unlimited time." And right. in, and in the spirit of that, tuners have one major advantage over car companies who have to stick and move with every car they make: unlimited time. Yep. <laughs> yep, because they only take they only need to put out one. <laughs> Not exactly. an assembly line full. Yeah. So yeah. you know. So yeah, it was just it was it was from my mind a flawed premise. And then nay, two days later, it was like, well, Ford's actually working with tuners to basically be authorized tuners. I'm sure it will still void your warranty, but like like Mautun in in Europe is like they work with Ford on a bunch of the RS stuff and you know that kind of thing is like yes <laughs> we'll let you work on our stuff because we can work with you and trust you won't break anything so it it will be tunable we know this that's already wrong and then there was a headline to prove it <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, so let's not go into 2021 talking about how things can't be tuned because it's wrong. It's always wrong. It's like, um, well, I mean, that was kind of my whole thing about that Cadillac Blackwing engine. Oh, the spark plugs will never need to be changed. Yes, they will. They will. Yep, they will. Yes, <laughs> oh, they will. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the same thing. It's like, well, the, the over-the-air updates and encrypted ECUs are going to stop it. People are already hacking Teslas to like add the battery range that you have to pay for or performance upgrades and stuff. Like, and again, it's you think it, you think you think Tesla doesn't have you know some IT firepower behind them. It's the internet. Once you pull a ROM, they'll 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 crack it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, they will. That, that's exactly that's exactly uh, why your point about physical access is so valid. That is the. That is the number one thing that you try to eliminate when you're looking at a secure system, right? How many people have physical access? Well, if it's something like a server room, you use a key for that. But, and, and, you know, so sort of like an extrapolation for that for ECUs. If someone can put their hands on your hardware, they're going to find a way to do something with it. Literally everyone you sell increases your attack surface. Every single one. (laughs) Yeah. So... That was uh, funny to me. 
then it was just immediately refuted two days later. <laughs> uh, is, you know, I was when they were doing all the teasers and, you know, camouflage spy shots and all this kind of stuff. And there's all these rumors. What's it going to be like? Blah, blah, blah. I was beginning to be kind of intrigued by the Bronco. Now I'm just like, it's not even like on lots yet. And I'm so sick of it. I, it's just like the, I guess credit to Ford because the marketing push has been crazy, but like every single auto news outlet still, even now, like at least two, three posts a day are something about the Bronco. It's like, okay, we get it. It's here. <laughs> like, just, you can reach saturation with that kind of thing. So like you, you want to like market it. So people are aware of it but like also keep some mystery so that they want to go to their dealer and see one. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, don't like if I can read one article a day about the Bronco between now and when it comes out, I will have no need to go see one in person. Right. You know, what's so odd to me. I mean, I think, I think I said this on the podcast right after that or during that first Bronco advertising push. Like I feel there's a there's a feeling I get when what I see does not match up with what I've seen in the past. So uh, typically it happens a lot with popular music, right? Like something like Old Town Road it was this song that came out. No one cared about it. Then a couple months later, it's oh, they, they won't let him on the country charts. And like, well, uh, OK, I don't that doesn't match up. And then it's oh, this country star is hopping on the song. And I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to get the picture here. And then everyone did a remix of that song. I'm like, oh, so it was a work from the beginning. That That is almost the sense I get with the Bronco. There are too many people talking too intensely for too long about the Bronco for it not to be something else. No matter what anyone says, no one gives a shit about the Bronco. No one cares about the Bronco. It's the OJ thing. And, and uh, uh, it just, it just bothers me. It's like, um, I'm going to, I'm going to feel real stupid if I'm wrong, but it's almost, you know, God, I never thought I'd do this on this podcast. It's the, the Shakespeare quote, you know, the lady doth protest too much. Me thinks like there's, there's too much push for there, there not to be something wrong with this car. Right. I don't even know if it's wrong. I just don't, I, I don't, or just, it's not what they say it is. I don't buy the hype. I, be, be, and you know what? I think you're right, Tristan, because it also relates directly to this sudden interest in off-roading that no one has. Like, Oh, the Ford <laughs> Bronco. I would love to go off-roading in that. And you're like, you are not the guy you live in the center of fucking New York. What could you possibly <laughs> be talking about? it's like the people who actually the people who actually drive off-road like i get it the bronco is mounting an assault on jeep people and i think they will find their clubs their niches just like the fj cruiser did yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but i think you're not gonna but i think you're not gonna get even the aspirational jeep people who buy it and never take it anywhere. Um, I think they're buying it because it looks like the Jeep that everybody wants to have. 
I don't think there is that for the Bronco. The people who the people who bought the Bronco the first time it came around, it was you know rural people who wanted you know instead of a pickup truck, they wanted a hard backed thing. Yeah, it was never like, oh, here's the you know Bronco Club tearing up Moab. And like people would do it. Like people would you know you know for, you know Ford axles are commonly put on all sorts of stuff that go off road. Like mm-hmm. that's not the issue. Is it's not as, its capability, but like it didn't have that cachet the first time around. And they're trying to say like the epic off roader is back. That's yes. like what was it ever here in the first place? Uh, yeah, I I completely a thousand percent agree with everything you're saying. So that's what that's what I think is like. It's not gonna. It's it's either not gonna be one of two things. It's either not gonna be the off roader we expect, or it's not gonna actually be the spiritual successor to the old Bronco that we expect. <laughs> because that's never what the old Bronco was. In in mainstream usage, right? I completely so, agree. Capability and um, and actuality, two two very different things. There, you know, it's like the whole yes. oh body on frame. Like, yeah, all right, I, I fucking know. <laughs> we get it. We oh, get oh, it. Yeah, the, wait, I have wait. No, finish. Then I have big big news. Oh, I was gonna say the the people who are really going off road are are buying two things. They're buying trucks, uh, three things, I should say, trucks, jeeps, and various Toyota products. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that have that cachet, yep. not the Bronco. Absolutely. So. So. All right. Andrew has big news. I have big news. So, so the big, uh, big news. Exactly. The the first thing we're not going into 2021 doing uh, is, you know, all that that first bullshit. But here's the most important thing. This is I'm completely solely focused on this now. We are not we, we as a now. we as a collective people cannot go into 2021 taking BMW seriously. It is over for BMW. <laughs> I, I have called for this before and my calls will only grow louder and more strident as I am proven more and more correct. Because this morning, Rolls Royce uh, let off <laughs> I saw this. five appalling tweets all about I can't I can't even conceptualize the German urbane ridiculousness of this. It's all about the Rolls Royce brand identity, its new brand identity. What are we talking about? It's a Rolls Royce. It doesn't it has have a brand identity. It doesn't it doesn't have anything in its brand identity brand identity that can be adjusted. You're not bringing out an entry level Rolls Royce. You either know what it is or you don't know what it is in the exact same way that you either can afford it or can't. It's not a product that All right. I I feel like this is going to sound weird and someone one of you correct me if I'm like massively off here. But I think there's something that happens with car companies and brands in general who sell too much merchandise. I think that this is something I first realized with Ferrari in the, let's say in the, the F 50 
Enzo period. So that would be what, like mid to late 90s, early 2000s type action? Somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, when they started to begin planning Ferrari World or whatever the hell. Yes, 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 yes. I think it's like, and maybe it's just, maybe I've been too online lately or something, but it seems like a terminal consumer mindset, right? Where no matter what we do, everyone will buy our t-shirts and our hats and our coffee mugs, blah, 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 blah. And it gets these companies into this thing where they just do random shit and pretend that it's part of a marketing launch, whether it's BMW using the paint bucket. I'm so, I just, they use the paint bucket tool to fill in their logo with light gray and act like they did something. I, what are we, what are we talking about? So, so for this, as far as I can tell for the Rolls Royce version of what they just did to BMW and went horribly, by the way, um, they didn't do anything except stop putting the double R badge on other stuff. Which I didn't, which I didn't know that they did. Basically, what they're doing is they're they, they're stop they're stopping the RR logo, and they're going back to this uh, quote unquote it's the Art Fedora. Deco printed Rolls Royce motor cars thing. They didn't they didn't do anything, and I'll bet you they spent fifteen million dollars on this. Oh, it's not just the Rolls Royce motor car like text. The what I'm reading here, the main actual logo is they tried to like modernize the hood ornament, which they call the spirit of ecstasy emblem. Yeah. But so, they've, they've messed with that before in fairness, but they've, it, but here's the thing. So if you just saw that emblem, would you know, like, would you know that's Rolls Royce? Like, are you, th- have you been that close to Rolls Royce to know that that's what the hood ornament looks like? Or that's the actually, hood ornament <laughs> off of a Rolls Royce? One thing I wanted to say about the hood ornament is that that has been so lo-fi for so many years that until this drawing, I did not realize that it was a woman literally pulling up her skirt and showing you her whole ass. I think this is supposed to be wings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's what it looks like now. (laughs) I mean, it, it might be as you say, Nick, I couldn't, I really, this is flashing. That's what this is. This is flashing. Rolls so, yeah, flashing I, people. I just don't like the exact wording that they that they used is the double R badge of honor, a timeless expression of true luxury, will now reside on the Marks products alone. I don't know what that so, means. So like so it's only going to go on things that they make. Which is the way it was before, no? I don't know. Did they license, like, Rolls-Royce edition Breitling watches or something? Like, did they license it to anybody? uh, See, now that's good. I was thinking, like, I've never seen a Rolls-Royce shirt at Kohl's, so... Well, you're not going to buy one at Kohl's. Aim higher. (laughs) (laughs) Air Force that, bro. (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah, like, but my question is that that brings up a couple questions for me. Um, for example, 
the we all are familiar with the you know YouTube videos, gifts, whatever. When people have a Rolls Royce that they've rented or whatever, they like to shoot people with the umbrellas that come out of the doors. Um, yeah, wait, what? those, those have, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, of course. The the um, there are umbrellas built into the door so that when your driver opens the door for you, there's an umbrella right there. They can take the umbrella out and hold it up for you by the door. Are you they kidding? have Rolls Royce. No, it's real. No, it's a real thing, <laughs> dude. Yeah, like I it's actually know. in the door. Like it's like you, you push it in and it pops out, and then you can pull it out. Well, th- those have the they currently have the Rolls Royce emblem on the bottom of the umbrella grip. Uh-huh. My question is, are they going to remove that, or does that mean there is a universe in which I could buy a Rolls Royce umbrella? Um, I think generally you have to steal those. I mean, my, my whole problem with Rolls Royce is that Vince Staples said they're ugly, so I don't really fuck with them anymore because Vince Staples is right about everything. If, if you don't know, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know who that He's is. He's a either. rapper. He said, he said, he said the race were ugly. And I was like, you know what? The race are ugly. You're right, Vince. Fuck Rolls Royce. There's a lot That's of other it. ones. That's the end of that. St- no, there isn't. It's all the same car. I, I don't know. I did not know the umbrella thing. Maybe I'm just not like their target audience or whatever. But I, I mean, just reading these absolutely meaningless tweets and then recognizing in my mind how much this cost. I, uh, uh, I mean, I do. Ha- I do like their new signature color, though. The like that real deep. Plum yeah, purple. purple purple spirit. I feel like, and I could totally be wrong about this, but I feel like they've had that as a custom color for quite some time. I agree. That yeah, is as a true. custom color for sure. But I, I think this is the first time they're like outwardly marketing it as like their color. You know, like Ford's has always been like that blue or Kona blue. Like this is like it's on their marketing material now. It's the background for all of these. Um emblems and those types of things is just deep plum purple. It also says here it's to differentiate between the Rolls Royce uh, motor car company from Rolls Royce engineering, which is a different subsidiary. Right. Yeah. One's owned by BMW. One's owned by presumably Rolls Royce. I don't actually know. Oh man, I just this this has to stop. This is this is some flat kind black of logo flat logos. It's just all it's all nonsense to me. It it it's all it doesn't make a difference, right? Like you you're not selling anything other than I don't know, what merch does Rolls Royce have? They must have something, right? Let's look it up. Rolls Royce <laughs> Let's see how many we can guess. Uh well, now I was going to. Well, yes, the perfume or, or slash cologne, probably both. Okay, so the a website valise? is the Rolls. The a website valise? is the website is the Rolls Royce boutique. Of course it is. Jesus Christ! So what did you? So where are some uh, of the guesses there? <clears throat> I just clicked on all accessories. Uh, I'll do lifestyle collections then. Why am I here? Is this making me dumber? <laughs> so I've got utility bags, a champagne chest, a hosting oh. service. Uh, I got kinetic luggage. Uh, 
Luggage oh. collection, luggage collection, headphones, battery conditioner, a replica car, car covers, Rolls Royce umbrellas, Tristan. Hey, see? <laughs> Bro. The, they, the bespoke the the bespoke boutique is cool. They have a they um, have a Rolls Royce branded drink making tool kit. I didn't have a reaction either. It's <laughs> funny you should say that. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> what do you say to that? It's funny <laughs> when you look at the Rolls Royce umbrellas, Nick, they're they're not for you. You don't buy them. No, no. They go in the car. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You can't just you can't have an umbrella without the car. Which is funny to me, but the champagne chest is a clever bit of trickery there. It's kind of neat how it unfolds. So the picnic camper, huh? Oh, like a basket? Yeah, but it's more like a ammo crate. What? Where? <laughs> oh, I like see solid, it. I see it. Solid metal sides and stuff. Yeah. Does this? It does this have a push button so it can go psh and like fucking like. Like uh, Tony Stark's thing from uh, Iron Man 1. Yes. Bar. If it does that, if it does that, I'm back on board. I'll buy a ghost. Something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the Cullinan, the back of the Cullinan, the the hosting service, which is if you want your Cullinan to be an upscale traveling bar. Yep. Um, and the viewing suite, which is just tailgate seats. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where are you tailgating a, a, a Cullinan? I Hello. have um, I w- Ascot. Mm. <laughs> That's a tie. That's a tie. It's also a horse race. Shut up. Is it really? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't say race horses. You. That well, if you're not racing horses, you're there wearing a big hat and a day jacket. If you're a man, is it, is if you're it the a woman? It's a big hat. A, of a specific race, like the Kentucky Derby, or is it a type of horse race? Yeah, it's it's more. It's usually a specific race, but the I think the park is also called Ascot, but I'm not British, so I don't know for sure. As much as I might want to be. Oh my god, they sell lamb's wool floor mats. <laughs> oh god. For all the best barefoot driving. I was gonna say, wait, 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 wait. Back up a second. Are people driving their Rolls Royce barefoot? <laughs> I would if I had lamb's wool floor mats. <laughs> Uh, more, aren't, more aren't people the normally point. being driven in Rolls Royces? Are That's exactly what I was going to say. Are and it shows do- that with the pedals, their butlers oh. are driving them in bare feet. <laughs> I, I don't like that thought. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. We are too far down a rabbit hole. Let's pull ourselves back out. <laughs> yeah, but that was a good one. Admit it. That was a good rabbit hole. That wasn't Wait, bad. You just need to think about <laughs> the Rolls Royce owner who makes their driver interview is kick off them shoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first off, take your shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Let Daddy see your feet. <laughs> God. <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> oh, they, just carry, they just carry a lamb's wool square. And they're like, how do your feet look on this? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. This is bad. 
someone talk about something else. <laughs> you know what? We're almost an hour in. And we haven't taken a break yet. So we're going to cut to a break now and move on to a new topic when we come back. Oh, that's too funny. All right, we're back, folks, and we're about to get into yet another random topic on this uh, open concept episode. But before we do, we'd like to remind you how to get a hold of us if you feel so inclined. We do have our very own website that Andrew just redesigned. Thank you, sir. It is checkenginepodcast.com. And there we have an email address, inbox at checkenginepodcast.com. We're also on all of the main social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook by searching Check Engine Podcast. Andrew. Where can they be witness or participate in Twitter arguments? At Check Engine Pod. Um, basically, just w- because it's lazier content uh, and I don't have time, witness me retweeting things and saying um, mean things. Fair enough. Which also has its own entertainment value, which is good. <laughs> Tristan, where can they find us on Instagram? Oh, you can find us on our slightly dusty and misused Instagram at uh, at Check Engine Pod. I had need to find more content, but that also means I need to go out. <laughs> it's tough yeah, to it do. It is nowadays. really tough. Yeah, it's just it's no, just it is tough. tough to do nowadays. But regardless, folks, be sure to like, follow, share, post, DM. Just reach out how and when you can. Um, you can ask us questions to answer on the air. You can let us know what you like or dislike about the show. You can give us topic ideas, anything you want. Send in those car stories, remember. So thanks in advance. Now, to get back to the show, who wants to um, bring forth the next topic? Bring forth. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think whose Tristan, voice box shall it issue? Yeah, I, I think Tristan and I will actually kind of do this one together. Um, I'll, I'll start by, I'll just intro the general topic here. Um, Volkswagen, they're, they're a car company, uh, and uh, main legal sponsors of Germany. <laughs> they just pay like billions of dollars in fines all the time. Um, <laughs> recently introduced, uh, oh, I don't want to say it. They introduced, uh, an electric off-road vehicle, uh, but I don't want to say what it's called because I'm afraid it might kill me. So Tristan, why don't you talk more about it? Oh, Okay. Uh, so knowing that I'm proof against such things, I can tell you the name. Um, the, it's a chunky, this is the best part is the description from car magazine, a, a chunky off-road EV named ID rugged. (laughs) (laughs) That's rugged with two Z's on the end. Somebody stopped. Somebody stop the Germans. I hate it so much. I don't even really hate the idea of an electric off-roader. We've discussed this already. Um, And I don't even mind about two-thirds of the car actually looks okay. I mean, it kind of The name's gotta go. And kind of like we talked about with you know, McLaren's attitude towards cars. They go fast if they look like this. Cars also go off-road if they look like this. Yeah. The only difference the only difference between a Bronco and a Wrangler is how many doors are still attached, and even that's optional. Um, and, you know, but other than that, it's like, 
Suzuki Jimny, old school Mercedes G Wagon, this thing, first generation Land Rover, uh, Land Rover Defenders, <laughs> FJ Cruiser. Like they all kind of look the same because mm-hmm. that's what you know. That's what steep approach angles and short overhangs will get you. They all look like boxes on wheels, but. Yeah, the, it's, it's I, the name a, is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Are you That's very bad. That's very bad. And I don't. Okay, how do you pronounce it? Like that's the first question. Rugged. It has to be rugged. Rugged. Right. So then, leave the second Z off, and then you know what does that really stand for? The plural of rugged. I was Unless just saying, why, why, why the Z in the first place? Why not the ID rugged? Doesn't that get the point across? Yeah, it really does. Much, be- much better actually, because this is a this is a PlayStation username, is what this is. I beat oh this guy. God, is. <laughs> <laughs> I beat this exactly. guy in Fall Guys like a couple days ago. He got eliminated, and I didn't. It's no, stop this. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Is that why you wonder if that's why people are doing this is because of, or I mean, that's why car companies are doing this because people with their online names and, and just the way we go about spelling things differently now to make a unique handle, like the name okay, of the vehicle is a handle, like essentially that's how it's identified. So do they think it's going to be more appealing? I, I mean, I'm, I, I guess, first of all, uh, gamers don't matter and they never have. As someone who dearly loves online gaming, um, it doesn't matter. And no one who games has an opinion that matters to anyone. But um, I, what are the other ID vehicles called? This isn't like a theme, right? It's not like the ID or something. It's not like the ID uh, zip. There's ID three, there's ID four. Yeah, it's those all are the numbers concepts, so though, right? There's ID Buzz, which is the bus. Oh shit! Oh, Maybe that's where it, it comes from. No, that's why it's two Z's. It's the rugged no. bus. No, that's what it is. <laughs> we found the logic. Oh no, Andrew. Oh no, and that makes it worse. Actually, that that does not improve the state of things. Ugh. I just feel gross. There has to be. This is. I know this is my thing. I'll work on it. There has to be a better portmanteau of rugged and buzz. Oh, is it? Is it because electricity makes Z noises? Is that what it is? (laughs) Yeah, like zap. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I saw a Tesla going to work this morning, and the plate was I Nikola. So there are no more Nikola or electricity or ACDC related place that you can put on a Tesla. Everybody knock that shit off. That was the last well, one. What what state plate was it? A Wisconsin plate? Wisconsin. But there's no more. Okay. Like, well, if, you have, if you have a Tesla in another state, you could still do it. Probably. Probably. Uh, but either I mean, way. I like the, the 8,000 Subo Woo plates I've seen since Subo that became Woo? a thing. Subo Woo? <laughs> <laughs> like yes. it, like is it like ooh like cute internet language like oh hello I don't know it, it, it came it came from a 
know, it came from a video of like this girl taking a video of the car parked in front of her. Like I pulled in and the car in front of me, the car parked in front of me has a license plate that says Suba Woo, Suba Woo, and that's where it stops. And so now I see license plates like that all the time on the Suba Woo Instagram that I follow. Well, okay, mm. listen, you kind of ask for it by name. Well, I asked for it. I asked for it as Subaru, but the Subaru people are deeply amused by that license plate. So. Oh, I thought. Okay, so it became Subaru. Right. I jokingly said Subaru because that's what was on the license plate, and we went circular. It's fine. That is. Mm, I <laughs> don't. I don't like that. Um, no, I. I have seen a remarkable number of Teslas in the the little bit of driving that I've done. It might be the same one. I don't know because they're all white or black. Um, this one, no, this the, one he paid extra. This one was red. Oh, there you go. I've seen a remarkable number of Teslas that are just sitting on the side of the road, and they don't like the lights are on, so they don't appear to be dead. Dead. I don't know if they're trying to figure out like where they're going, or they're very responsible and have pulled over to text i don't know but huh? just just kind of just kind of sitting there on the shoulder that's a really weird trend yeah yeah like three i don't go out that much and it's <laughs> that is that's really interesting weird. so i don't know what that's about what i have seen a few times speaking of teslas this is not I saw a Tesla story hour, but I have been mean to say this on the podcast for a while. Um, there, there is a, mm, one of them. I don't, I don't know which model there's a model, something, um, that I see a lot when Meg and I go to like a bunch of our stores over in Brookfield. Uh, mm-hmm. and the reason I see it so often is because there's a service station on the way there that has whatever they're, Super has superchargers. That's what they're called. Superchargers. Uh, and one day I happened to see just the saddest, most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my whole life. It was the guy in his Tesla pulling into the supercharger and who would be driving with him, but his wife in a land Rover. And it's just like, all right, maybe pick a side. Maybe don't do both. Don't, don't drive your Tesla to the supercharger in the Land Rover. Let's not do that. So maybe they don't. Bro. <laughs> maybe they don't have a charger at home. Well, I know, but but why buy the car then? Maybe they're working on it. Maybe they're working on it. <laughs> they were expecting. They were expecting a months long delivery delay, like every other Tesla owner. Well, no, it's, and they it's got the theirs. On, they got theirs on time. What's the and big like, fat oh, one? What's the charger? X. The, it's the fat Tesla. The big SUV. The big SUV. Yeah. Is the Y. X. X. Y is the crossover. I can't tell. Them uh, right. You are. Yes. You you are correct. Yeah. So it's the X. Um, it's a, I don't know, man. Gull wing door ones. It just seemed very sad to me. The whole, the whole situation. That's it. That's the end. Of, that's the end of Tesla show. That's the end of the Tesla story. Yeah. That's, that is it. I, just felt, I don't know, the whole thing felt weird to me. Like, this, this should not be the situation you find yourself in with a... <laughs> with, with, a get here, buddy? with a Shirley... Uh, wait, how much is how much is one of those? One of those actual Teslas with all that shit on it? I don't a even lot, know. A lot. I don't know. 
But it must be 60, 70 grand, right? A Model Easy. X? Yeah. yeah. From 79.9. Oh, geez. That's probably $100,000 worth of car there. And uh, I don't know. Driving it to some guy's service station just so you can use it feels a little bit like you didn't go forward. Like you didn't help yourself. Mm-mm. That's going backwards. <laughs> yeah. But what are you going to do? We in can- a very in a very rare um you know, I found something actually interesting and kind of cool about a Tesla. Um apparently in some of their models and they're bringing it to the model 3 now, I don't I don't know. Um but they actually don't use heaters. They use heat pumps to move heat from other parts of the car, the battery, the brakes, whatever, and heat the cabin with it, mm-hmm. which actually answers one of my questions about like, how can anyone drive one of these in the winter if they just have to like have an electric heating element on all the time? And the answer is they don't, which I was like, oh, that's actually a clever solution to that problem and answers a serious criticism I had. So I actually found that kind of interesting. I, I still have problems with the company the owner, the people who buy them, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. But it does solve a question slash problem I had with electric cars in general. Um, they, they make a lot of heat, but none of it useful, but it is. So that, I was I was surprised. And, it is now. And ple- it pleased. Yeah. Yep. Well, good. Yeah, that's pretty clever, actually. That's pretty clever. I actually have a problem with... Like, there's a lot of brilliant people who work at Tesla. It's just the guy who leads the charge is loathsome to me so he is good word um well thanks um should we transition from electric vehicles to something else yes yes (laughs) in unison you want to talk about um the c8 corvette getting recalled sure sorry what nick what is what's getting recalled is c8 corvette oh Just reading the headline, man. I thought it was just the C8. Just reading the headline. Oh, shit. (laughs) He got you there. (laughs) He did. He did. I'll give him that. Um, So after... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you tricky bitch. (laughs) (laughs) After numerous complaints and videos from C8 owners experiencing their front hoods flipping up while driving chevrolet has finally issued a recall (laughs) the fix doesn't address any mechanical issue but updates the car's software to limit the vehicle's speed to 26 miles per hour when it senses the hood is improperly secured ah okay (laughs) <laughs> so the hood's still gonna fly up and you're not gonna be able to see shit but we're just gonna make sure we slow you down when that happens well no that that means no no, no. It's, it, if it's not latched it won't happen yeah yeah that means that, that they're they're right that that means that they were right all along that it's not the the car is latching proper or it's the hood is not coming up when it's latched properly it's people weren't closing the the trunk and if you and, and if you don't, I refuse to use that word. Frunk, frunk. say it. No, from it's a trunk. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> 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 Oh 
but yeah, it's like people were not closing it properly and it flew open. Now I, I get that. You know, okay, sure. Should there be a safety latch or something? Maybe I don't know, but like all along, you know, Chevy took the Apple stance. You're holding it wrong. Like, <laughs> and you know, and people always laugh at that, but like it's sometimes funny. it is, sometimes it is user error. And I think this almost, this is basically proves it. Like they didn't have to change anything mechanical. They just have to keep the stupid humans from driving too fast with the trunk, not latched properly. We call it a boot. We no, call it a boot because it's a trunk. <laughs> I refuse. Be, I, I told you already. It would be at best a bonnet. Because boot means That's butt right. in British. <laughs> oh, call it a fruit. What? That's <laughs> already a thing. F R O O T, fruit boot. <laughs> God, <laughs> just say frunk like a normal person. If you don't say frunk, you're a cunk. <laughs> uh, I could be like Cadillac and call it a frunk. Is that what they with call- a Q? Uh, wait, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> making fun of the eek thing that they're putting on the end of all of there. That that is so bad why all right so there are so many car companies doing different stuff how can all of it be bad how can every single thing that's happening right now be of a lower quality than the things they've done previously that seems so unlikely i, to me. I have determined 20 that's why <laughs> i have determined that i fear that i'm in a dead zone although it shouldn't be because you'd think that this is not true but i am in a dead zone between about 10 to 15 year older than me, really prosperous people and young people. And I am no longer being marketed to. That is not true. You are a white male in his thirties. Yeah. Yeah. But we know All that marketing is directed you know, at you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a lot of us that don't have the same buying power as people who started after us or before us. Man, I'm not talking about this with you. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm not. <laughs> Who is fixing a car or something? Oh, sorry. That's me. I found a mechanical pencil. <laughs> <laughs> it's not literally the check engine podcast. Stop putting your spark plugs in. Sorry. <laughs> we haven't done one of these in a while. Topic. I don't remember what I'm doing. Yeah, someone talk about something. Um... Well, we had the uh, biggest race in the world finally happen over the weekend. We can get into oh that. Oh my god! How it's been so long and we haven't talked about this yet. What the hell? Yeah. Um, sans any fans in the stands. That's a <laughs> well, nice little sentence that to one, say. Um, that one for a while. I actually didn't. I just that just kind of slipped out. Um, Indianapolis Five Hundred was run. A few days ago, won by Takuma Sato um, in a, for whatever reason, somewhat controversial yellow flag finish. Can someone um, explain, can someone, you, Nick, explain this to me? Because I don't understand what could possibly have been problematic about what happened. Well, here's the thing. NASCAR has 
turned racing popular motorsport into such a WWE staged event with their green, white checker finishes and throwing red flags and all these other things. Fans are expecting races to finish under green now. Mm. So when Spencer Piggott, who, by the way, that accident accident was one of the most violent I've seen in a, well, probably since Wiccans got paralyzed. Like, thank goodness Spencer Piggott is okay. If you didn't see it, it was pretty brutal. He, he hit the knuckle at the entrance of the pit wall. Um, it was really scary. And there's the big tire barrier. They call it the attenuator at the front at the knuckle. So it's not, he's not just hitting concrete there and thank goodness. Cause that saved his life. But what happened was it destroyed that attenuator and everybody was immediately thinking, well, throw the red flag so they can fix the attenuator, clean everything up, do a couple laps of caution and have like a three lap shootout. Cause the caution came out with five laps to go. And what they didn't realize is the speedway didn't have the spare equipment or like the resources to put the attenuator back together. And they figured it would take at least an hour to do, which would put them out of their TV window with NBC. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't do any of that. And also the fact that the, the part that just annoys the hell out of me and the article that I posted it's an opinion article from Auto Week, but the guy hits the nail on the head and I couldn't agree more. People are so s- driven to find these bottom of the ninth, last second, oh my God moments that they ignore the big moments that happen in the sixth, seventh, or eighth inning. Like mm-hmm. it and that's exactly the way he put it. I'm I'm completely ripping off his words, but I couldn't have said it better. Um, another thing he said is they, they, they're so focused on wanting a green-white checker that they don't care about what happens between the green and the checker. Like, the race was very intriguing. It was very good. It, was, it had a mix of different fuel strategies. It had passes for the lead for the most part. Dixon led over half of it, but he and Rossi were trading back and forth at the midway point every third lap in a race that people were saying, oh, it's going to be tough to pass. Well, there's passing everywhere. You had um, the Penske cars like New Garden, who started way in the back, come up to finish in the top five. He was slicing through the field. Rossi had a pit road penalty that put him in the back that he was working his way up through, passing three or four or five cars in a single corner at some points. Like It was wildly entertaining, but the fact that it finished under yellow, people feel like they got robbed, and that's bullshit. It is just, it, it's bullshit. Like, enjoy the race for what it was. They can't all be photo finishes because then that's, yeah. that's not exciting anymore either. Like, if right. everything is a bottom of a ninth memorable moment, then nothing is memorable. 195 laps of that 200 lap race was fantastic. So it ends under yellow. Whoops. Like, it happens sometimes. Get over it. Like, and it happens it just, to us all the time. <laughs> yeah. It happens a lot. <laughs> then so be it. Like I, you know, I, I, no, but I don't that's know, not, I don't it's know. not a criticism. It's like, it really do be like that. Sometimes what, what did you expect? It's racing. Like the unexpected shit happens more than you'd think. Yeah. And just, you know, people were so 
pissed off that they didn't get the last five, they forgot about the 195 fantastic laps that were run before that. Was there some points towards the middle when it got a little dull in between like lap 70 and 100 when they weren't even at halfway and just playing a fuel strategy game? Sure, but it's a long race. In the 500-mile race, there's going to be sections like that. But it was a fantastic race. Sato, you know, for as wild as he can be sometimes, and he's got a knack for destroying a lot of equipment. But the fact of the matter is he finished third in this race last year. He won it in 2017 and he won it in 2020. He's a two-time Indy 500 winner in the last four years. You can't take that away from him. Good on you, Sato. Like, congrats. Um, Did it on merit. And let's just move on. Like, get over the fact that it ended under yellow. It it just pisses me off. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean... I think I think one of the main things that's getting missed by the people who might be mad about this is that saying because NASCAR does it is actually working backwards away from the reason that NASCAR ever did that in the first place. NAS- NASCAR started the green whites because all they do is run hundreds and hundreds of race laps. So it's like you, you, you can't look at their results to where, they, where they're trying to juice up these hundreds and hundreds of race laps and then say, oh, everyone should do that because it's a completely different product. Like it's, it's complete, NASCAR it's does that for a reason because of what yeah. they because of what they put out. It's not it's not a solution for IndyCar because that's not a problem they have. Right. <laughs> NASCAR gets, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased, but I dare say NASCAR gets more boring more often than IndyCar races do. <laughs> some, some yeah. IndyCar races are snoozers. I'll give you that. But again, like you, you can't control them all. Like it, it's not WWE. It's motorsport. It's a different thing. You can't have predetermined like, and then this will happen. And then this will happen. And then, oh, this guy's going to break or, and then this guy's going to like, you can't control any of it. It, It's, it's its own living, breathing thing. Every time you throw a green flag to start a race. So the fact that NASCAR tries to inject more of this in, I mean, they're still the most popular form of motorsport in the country by a wide margin. So you could argue it's working, but you know, I think there's a lot of race fans out there who are, who kind of see past it and see it as kind of a, a sham and like, yeah, you don't want to bring that into the biggest race in the world. Yeah, that's that's totally what I think. I completely agree. So, um, yeah, that's just my stance on it. Um, it was weird not being there. This is the first time since, shoot, 97? Wow. That I didn't that's go down streak. to Indiana. Yeah, that I didn't go down to Indianapolis for the race um, since my parents started taking me when I was like in third grade. So, um, you know, it was weird not not being home on Memorial Day weekend for one Mm -hmm. a few months ago. And then like watching, well, I I was planning on going anyway until like two weeks before the race, they announced there weren't going to be any fans. So I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not going. Um, And then not even watching it live because by not going down to the race, 
I could actually participate in a karting event. So I just recorded the race and went karting. And it was so weird, like in the back of my head, like as we're, you know, adjusting the cart in between sessions, like my dad and I are working on it. I'm just in the back of the head thinking like the Indy 500 is happening right now. And I'm not, and I'm neither there nor watching on TV live. This is really weird. (laughs) I can see how that would be weird. I guess I, I, I guess I had forgotten that your streak was so long of being in attendance at the actual event. Yeah. So, um, I mean, but it is what it is, right? It's 2020. So there's so much shit that's happening outside of our control. And, um, but yeah, I got that later that night. And then, um, you know, Monday, you just caught up on everything and, watched the whole thing and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought it was a fantastic show. Again, just so glad that Spencer Piggott was okay. Cause that crash was really brutal. Um, and yeah, folks get over it. Races don't under, under green all the time. Like, yeah, I think, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think being so well, I think quarantine is, has, um, has introduced a lot of people to a lot of different things, right? Which is, which is good because you hope to gain traction, gain fans. But the downside of that is people having enough time to watch enough news coverage or general coverage uh, that they think they've become experts on whatever it is they just started watching. And that's a bad Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Not in like a, not necessarily in a like get off my lawn type of way, but just in a shut up. You don't know what you're talking about way. Right. Exactly. So that, I mean, that's, that's all I needed to say on that was just get over it. Um, <laughs> it shit happens. Um, I've got one more potential big piece of racing news. And I say potential because it is a rumor right now. If you want to get into that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. And then I love get out. So, all right. So this involves uh, NASCAR and this is um, specifically Bubba Wallace, who is for various reasons this year has been um, taking a more prominent role in the NASCAR storyline. Um, his contract is up at the end of this season with Richard Petty Motorsports. And I think he's gained a lot of fans. Um, He's brought in some more sponsorship to his team and he's seeing some more teams are starting to see the value of him besides just his on-track performance, which if we're completely honest, hasn't improved that much. Um, Could also be a product of the equipment that he's in, but he's, he's not setting the world on fire too much on track, but he is proving to be a fantastic ambassador for sponsors and social causes and other things. And um, teams are starting to recognize that. So it seems to be that there's like a, a bidding war brewing for his services next year. And um, one potential landing spot they're discussing is with Chip Ganassi racing in the um, number 42 car that was vacated when um, Kyle Larson said the gamer word. Um, a few <laughs> the months gamer ago. gamer word. <laughs> not, not funny, but that is what I like to call it. So, um, that's one option, but, um, Richard Petty really wants to keep him. And 
Richard's team is is not as financially stable as it once was. So he's looking to enlist a little help and looking to try to sweeten the pot to keep Bubba Wallace. So here's the rumor that's come out now. Ooh, I'm excited. Rumor has it that um, this year's Daytona 500 winner, um, driver for Joe Gibbs Racing, Denny Hamlin, along with none other than Michael Jordan, huh? are going to buy ownership stake in Richard Petty Motorsports to infuse a little capital there, they're gonna, which would mean that they would essentially uh, Richard Petty Motorsports would now turn into like a Joe Gibbs like B team or satellite team and switch from running Chevrolet bodies to Toyota next year. Um, so Wait, sorry, Hamlin the reason for and, that the reason for that would be because of the change because, in stake because Denny Hamlin runs for Joe Gibbs who runs Toyota. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yep. Yeah, so sorry, I didn't say that up front. So Denny Hamlin runs for Joe Gibbs Racing in a Toyota because he would be buying ownership stake in this team. Naturally, like he, it would just be a competition thing. It's he can't compete, so it'd be a Toyota car. And they are going to, so they're going to infuse a little bit of capital, potentially run some Joe Gibbs equipment, which is going to create for a boost in performance. And they're. Rumor has it they're going to offer Bubba Wallace ownership stake in the team if he stays. Wow. So wow, what are the other offers? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what Ganassi's shit. offering, but I don't think ownership stake is a part of it. So next year, he Bubba Wallace could be running a Toyota owned by Richard Petty, Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan. And himself. <laughs> wow. Um, well, uh, what I'm trying to figure out now is whether or not Bubba Wallace is signed to a sportswear company. Because if Michael Jordan buys stake in this team, there's about to be some fucking fire Jordans. They already have cool motorsport Jordans, but these, these could be the yeah. ones. Well, and another little background there where Jordan comes into this is that Denny Hamlin has a personal endorsement deal with Jordan brand. So I don't think Jordan makes driving suits, but if you look at Denny Hamlin's driving suit, there's Jordan logos all over it. I was just going to say, I, I know I've seen Jumpman's on I've, racing suits before. Right. I've seen them for sure. And it's, it's probably Denny Hamlin's. I honestly don't remember seeing it anywhere else, but it might be, I might be wrong, but that's where Jordan comes into the, into this whole deal is that and, and obviously you know michael's got some uh some extra cash on hand you know so i'm, I'm just looking around here um he uh columbia sportswear signed bubble wallace comma richard petty Marshall. man nike's about to break that fucking contract so hard oh, <laughs> oh. oh i'm just picturing oh i'm just picturing some jordans uh like some jordan ones using the nascar colors like a like a blue and red base with like yellow swoosh and accents. Come on, or the petty blue Jordans. Oh yeah. Oh my god, this needs that to happen. light that light almost blue white mix petty blue in a pair so of sneakers. Good. That would be sweet. They all they already kind of do it with Tar Heel blue because it's close, but it's not petty yeah. blue. Right. Oh man, I, I hope this happens. 
I really do too. It'd just be interesting. And they're also talking about um, if that would happen, they would expand to a two-car team. So um, just because of the extra cash infusion. So no idea who the second driver would be, but you would have to assume that if the one car is number 43 for Richard Petty, the second car would have to be 23 for Michael Jordan, right? <laughs> that would be pretty huh. awesome. But who are you going to put in that car? I don't know. That's that's a I, big I, that's a big ask. I'm just trying to think right now: is anyone actually running the number 23? I'm just like going through the rolodex in my brain. Like, is that number even available? I don't think I don't think anyone's running it right now. So it would have to be. Um, yeah, that would be cool. Richard Petty well, Motorsports cars 43 and 23 with Michael just, Jordan co-owning. Then you know you you are right. It would be that because his motorsport team bikes were twenty three. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So and they were and they were light blue. They were oh oh this is just making me more excited. Looking up the old Jordan liveries. These are these are pretty nineties, but they're kind of hot. Like there's something yeah. to this look. I think I. I hope to God it happens. I think it would be really, really cool. That would be awesome. It would be really cool. Speaking of cool, another really quick hit. Um, it was just announced. Uh, our very first pro guest on this podcast, a friend Josh Balicki, is running his first NASCAR Cup race at Daytona this weekend. So he's run at Daytona and Xfinity a couple of times. He is making his Cup Daytona debut this weekend so awesome news josh best of luck yeah congrats josh you know i gotta say it's been it's been interesting seeing him perform differently in the rick ware hardware because i think i mean we we always like the guy right especially on road courses he's always been good Mm -hmm. but because i don't really know much about racing the question always Wait, did I just cut out? Nope. Nope. Oh, never mind then. Uh, Discord is freaking out. But but because I'm not like the biggest um, racing fan, my question always was, all right, Blicky knows Road America like the back of his hand. He probably does a few hundred laps on that course a year. So his (laughs) his pace was always fantastic, but he just had this in previous years, his cars just kept breaking on him. So that was always mm-hmm. the question, right? Is it hardware limitations or is the pace that he's setting too aggressive for the kind of racing? And I think, I think we kind of have an answer to that. His pace is good. It's just that the hardware was letting him down. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we posted the photo. I took a, it was a screenshot from the NBC broadcast of Xfinity at road America. It was four laps to go. And he's with an underfunded BJ McLeod Motorsports team, and he's in the top five. Like, yeah, he's right there. He got, I guess, he ended up getting taken out by someone he else. Did and that was finished seventeenth, but he led the race on merit. He was in the top five, right at the end, at the sharp end of the field. Like, he got a big feature on him um, on the broadcast. People know his name. They're targeting. They're starting to take notice. Plus. <laughs> if you saw his other post, seems like NASCAR Heat Five ranks 
the video game ranks him the top driver at every track on the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, I, did, I did see that. That yeah, that was great. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we told you that. We told you here first that uh, he was coming for NASCAR, and it seems to be working out, which is awesome. Yeah, so good luck, Josh. Uh, anything else we want to touch on before we get out of here? Nah, that was that's good. long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good then. Commence outro. So uh, thanks for sticking with us, everybody today everybody uh we appreciate you listening we don't want you just to listen though we want to interact with you we mentioned how to find us online and on the socials so be sure to look us up there also if you could on those platforms you listen um listen at leave us a review preferably a good one or uh, maybe hit that subscribe button for us it's free and you'll get notified of any new content that we put out um, if you're really into what we're doing and would like to support this podcast monetarily, you have two options for that. You can go to patreon.com slash check engine podcast or hit the support button on our homepage at anchor.fm slash check engine podcast. It's right up there under our logo at the top of the page. Every cent pledged is put toward making this podcast a better experience for you. And none of it goes back to us because we're not doing this to make money. So again, thanks in advance. We decided to do that. Fellas, who or what are we giving a shout out to before we sign off? Um, I just want to thank any any new listeners. Hopefully some of that carries over. But if not, if if anyone uh, from the DWR verse tuned into our episode with them, if you liked it, if you didn't like it, if you stopped listening halfway through, that's all great. I love it. Just just people putting ears on anything that we might happen to create even for the longtime listeners, probably you guys even more. Uh, it's it's just it's meaningful, you know. It it makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Tristan, um, as part of the you know personal stuff that I said was probably just podcast uninteresting. Um, didn't need to go into it, but here's a place where you will see some of it. I would like to thank the uh, fine people at. Uh, Lakeshore Veterinary Clinic um, and Pecure for irradiating my poor dog and uh, WBRC, Wisconsin Veterinary Referral Center, for taking good care of him as he's done his darndest to have everything go wrong with him as soon as his warranty expires. So <laughs> thank you. Thank Gunner. you, fine, fine folks there for doing your best for him. Dog warranty. It seems to them. be working. Thanks to them. We love Gunner. Um, I would like to thank Caffeine. Um, yes, always good. In any in any form, um, soda, energy drinks, coffees, cappuccinos, pills, um, <laughs> does, does not matter. Um, there's been so much happening the past couple of weeks. Um, without Caffeine, uh, I would not be able to handle any of it. So... Thank you for keeping me awake, Caffeine. And as always, thank you listeners for your continued support. We love hearing from you. We love recording this for you. We cannot wait to do this for you again. Until then, take care.